So, I think you already guessed it. Who are you? I'm Batman, yes. who's uh, declaring that he's coming out of the closet. Yes. Spoiler-filled, foul-mouthed comic book podcast where we talk about controversial and noteworthy comic books. I'm Ryan. I'm Sly. I'm Phil. And I'm Daryl. I picked the book this time. Oh! It's gonna be good. Well, technically, technically, it was a listener suggestion from John and David, and uh, Tracy supported the decision. So blame them, not Ryan. But I fully embraced it. He's the one that told us to do this. I fully embraced it. We are doing the New 52 Midnighter book. The first trade, it's called Out by Steve Orlando. So the pitch that Ryan gave to us was, oh, it's like Nemesis, but good. So that's no, what I heard guys. it's like if we wanted to see a character that was Nemesis and gay Batman combined. Well, yeah, yeah this is what, what Daryl wanted. Daryl said, we just have to be a gay Batman. There should be more Nemesis. So Daryl, this is your dream book. I know. It, it, it's funny that I was like... <laughs> That I was vying for both of these so much, and then while I'm reading it, I'm like, I don't want this. You know, I, bet, <laughs> I, I never bet asked if, for this. I bet if we read did. Nemesis again, even as much as you praise it, you would not enjoy reading it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure too. Like, Daryl's. That's uh, a good question because I still have like a fond memory. of It's because you're a masochist. You're always like, I love things that are terrible and hurt me, but <laughs> I think when you're actually doing it, it's not enjoyable. Like this comic. So yeah. okay, I think this book's great. I don't give a shit what you guys say. Okay. <laughs> Did somebody uh, just die? Sorry, uh, Buck flew my mic. Uh, so I just threw himself out the window. <laughs> one thing that I I do think that we haven't done is I I would pref- I I realize we usually only give the writer and the penciler credit, but I think we should give all the creators credit. So I'm gonna do that right now. So we're doing issues one through seven of the New Fifty Two Midnighter book. It's written by Steve Orlando. The art is by Aiko. Stephen Mooney, Alec Morgan, and Hugo Petrus, colored by Romulo Fajardo Jr. and Alan Pasalacqua and Jeremy Cox, and the letters are Jared Fletcher and Tom Napolitano. So, as we said, it's Nemesis meets Crazy Gay Batman. Yeah, that's really the that's the best way you can sum this up. <laughs> and now, I before we get into this actual book, Sly, do you know anything about Midnighter? Uh, I, the only thing I know about him was it, he was part of the when they rebooted DC after Flashpoint. I read the Stormwatch series where he was part of, but I don't think that was a good representation of him because that series was so bad they actually killed off the entire team halfway and <laughs> introduced alternate reality versions of the team saying these are the real Stormwatch members. Because they were part of Wildstorm, right? Yeah. We haven't had a slight imprint corner in a really long time. <laughs> yeah, uh, Wildstorm was an imprint that DC had for their more, like, 90s books. In, in, uh, not, not really, but, like, uh, basically it was a 90s imprint, and then DC got the rights to it, and then they made it more, like, weird, like, like Warren Ellis wrote a lot of the books. I don't know how to describe it, like, more cynical comics. And then okay. when the DC 
reboot happened, they became uh, part of the main universe. Yeah, and the thing that Midnighter and Apollo are like Batman-Superman analogs, and they're a couple, right? Yeah, they're gay Batman, but gay Superman. Yeah. So, <laughs> if you aren't familiar with Nemesis... Basically, the this... No, wait, just go listen to our episode of Nemesis yeah, yeah. right now. If I think... you're not familiar, go. Yeah, I do think it's one of our best episodes. It's my inaugural episode. Yeah. It was a, it was a turning point in my life. <laughs> so, because uh, they, they actually did a preview in a Convergence issue for this book that I think sums up pretty well the character. So, I'm just going to recap that real quick. And basically, it starts with Midnighter waking up. And he gets some, he has this like weird imprint in his brain or something that lets him make, how would you describe it? Like, you know those sci-fi movies where you have like a computer screen that forms like in front of you or in the air around you? Yeah, like a, a HUD in, in your yeah, eyes. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> so he has this and his his agency calls him, he's Asset 23, and he hops out of bed and there's this like snarky... Uh, like, Asian guy sleeping in bed, and he's just like, is this some nightmare where you get dressed? Where are you going? And he's like, I got work to do. And then he goes and fights this giant, like, Mad Max truck filled with, like, demon-dressed guys, beats the hell out of all of them, and they have... They turned some guy's little daughter into a demon, and he's trying to get the demon to unpossess them, and he says, nice trick. But I saw it, right outside normal human visual range. Information sending and receiving. You're no demon. You're aliens beaming into human bodies. Body snatcher bullets. Let me be clear. I have the technology in my body to track you across the multiverse and torture you in ways that test the boundaries of your anatomy. I've washed the blood of gods off my knuckles when they misbehave. I will find you and deliver you to a personal hell. I'm Midnighter. Release the girl. And then the alien unpossesses the girl. And the mom runs over and grabs him, and he just goes, he smirks, and he says, and if the devil finds you there, ask him about my work. And that's the preview. Do you know how upset I am that you read me Midnighter? I was done with Midnighter after this comic, and you were reading more of it to me. Uh, I I think, yeah, I do think, uh, I gather from reading this uh, that Midnighter has a computer brain that he can calculate any kind of ability. Yes, he also has regenerative like abilities and he has a way that he can just walk anywhere in the world like he opens up a portal and he walks through it and he goes anywhere yeah so from from what i've gathered they explain a lot more of this in another dc book called grayson where dick grayson is like a super spy and grayson being robin the original robin Robin becomes nightwing and he's gonna show up in this too so yeah basically i'll get to basically he's like a james bond type figure and he got outed outed as uh uh, as a vigilante, so now he became like a secret agent instead. Yeah, so he went like undercover as a secret agent, and basically he teams up with Midnighter a lot, and he becomes the straight man to Midnighter's like wild card. To uh, Midnighter's gay man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In both this book and uh, in Grayson, and they actually work pretty well together. But I read this first, so Midnighter's origin is he picture like a Wolverine style thing where this like or- organization picks him up as a baby. Uh, like erases his whole past and like experiments on him and gives him like these like basically superpowers where he has like I find this principle as interesting by the way they, they have this thing called a god garden and it's like the satellite up in space where they have all these hidden like technology yeah so they <laughs> they experiment on him and it's like if Wolverine stayed working with uh, Weapon X 
like the whole time because yeah. he so he he was created by the God Garden and they really like fuck him up. But they give him the ability to like create these like teleportation doors, doors that go anywhere he wants and he has a supercomputer brain and he has uh, like just regenerative abilities and he still works for them. They're his bosses. The the supercomputer brain really it's like we're we're underselling it because it's like his it, whenever you're like how does Batman plan everything in every fight? It's like he in these fights is like I've already seen a thousand ways this fight can go, so I'm going to just do what I know will result in me winning. Yeah. So he kind of just he like instant cheats every fight. Yeah, Midnighter <laughs> one of the biggest problems with the book is there's like no explanation for anything. It's just of course I'm going to win. It's like the playground yeah argument of like well i have a supercomputer in my brain so i predict what you're gonna do so i just beat you What's yeah the, he's like yeah. I, i've done this fight a million times and i know that this is the way i win like he he repeatedly says that throughout the yeah comic. well one thing that i really like about it is the majority of the fill-in artists i really don't like but the the issues that echo pencils i really really like the art because what he does in a lot of these fights is he will have like, a big full-page spread, but there'll be, like, a plethora of tiny, tiny panels that are all the possibilities of the fight. So it'll be, like, 15 tiny panels that are all different strikes, and then he'll do one of them in the main plotting, and, like, I just think that's a really cool th- way I to visually represent I thought most of it, this. at least from what I saw, weren't the possibilities. It's, like, all the little things that Midnighter notices, like... People's eyes, like where they're looking, yeah. their shoes, their hands. Yeah, yeah. I find that, that art that art style is really cool. That, that, For some of them, I, I found it pretty inconsistent. Well, like, that's issues. the thing is the Echo issues because they have four different artists, oh. and I think that the Echo issues are great, and the other ones are like very DC House style, like mediocre. Yeah, and also I will say for me, I I wish I wrote down which fights, but there were some fights I couldn't even tell what the fuck was going on. Like it was very. Cl- cluttered I, I know there's some of them that are really cool because they'll show like in one panel they'll show time progression like as his moving through you see a strike here strike there and they they circle in on this guy's jaw getting broken and that guy's arm getting snapped and it's like supposed to be him like moving through the crowd just like kicking everyone's ass and those are cool but some fights are so chaotic that you just see people up like smashed against things here there 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 and then he's like says something snarky because yeah. he killed I, I kind of like, even like that aspect of it because the chaos uh, shows how fast things are going and how crazy things... I, I, I just like... The art in this book, I think... Uh, even like the weaker artists, I think the style of it uh, showing these fragmentations of time I think is really cool. Yeah, I think Eiko is a great artist, but I agree with Phil. I do not like how chaotic it gets. As it gets like really crazy to follow and then like you don't feel like it's a tense, cool fight. You're just like, here's a bunch of images of people yeah. getting like their... I don't think, it's really, no, I don't think that's, that's the thing. I, I, think, I don't think you guys uh, get it. There's not supposed to be tense fights. Like, this is just... Midnight is just murdering people. Well, like, he cracks jokes the whole time. Like, these are not serious fights. These are just One like, of my favorite fights is he's fighting a bunch of guys. It's a supervillain. We'll get to it in a sec where he can make a lot of clones and he's talking on the phone and they're like, could you at least like give me the respect to actually fight me? Like, you're on the phone right now. And he's like, I don't give a shit. I'm Midnighter. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, but that's boring. I disagree. I think it's like I feel like the appeal of something like John Wick or or was it Hardcore Harry that movie? Yeah, you just which has see... good action you can follow, so you can be like, whoa, look at what this guy's doing. Well, you, well, it's just a, just this guy exploding people's faces. I think that's just appeal. Of I it. thought it was. I thought it was fun. I'm on Slice side. I. I oh, that's okay. Understand. You're allowed. You're allowed. You're not allowed. We have to all agree. But uh... <laughs> thanks for your permission, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's get to issue issue one. 
Okay. So it starts in the God Garden, and the boss of the God Garden is this old lady called the Gardener. And someone <laughs> breaks into the God Garden, beats the shit out of her, steals everything, and throws her out of an airlock. And yeah. basically, this is where we get the exposition that, like, this is all this amazing technology. And I do agree that they don't do a good job at explaining anything at about Midnighter. All almost half yeah. of this issue, I was sitting there just wondering what the hell yeah. was happening. I enjoyed the second trade more on my first read-through. And then on the reread for my first trade, I liked it a lot more. But I think that is definitely a flaw. So... Midnighter, his character dump is, I, I kind of really like the way they do this, is they show his, uh, I guess, his grinder profile. And they're, yeah. and th- the whole thing is just like, you know, like he headbutted an alien once, he's awesome. And yeah, it, like, literally, he puts that in his profile, likes violence, <laughs> inventive violence, and people swipe left, what did he swipe to accept? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Whatever, they, they swipe yes, that they want to date this guy. They're like, oh yeah, violence and hey, killing aliens. Hey, don't fucking kink shame. Uh, he also says whatever okay. you're thinking. The answer is likely yes. So, that's, but with that's punching, probably a pro. I guess if you're really into crazy guys that do anything, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, so he's on a date with this guy Jason, and he's bragging that he's a superhero. And Jason's like, "I thought the M standard for like Mitch or something." And he's like, "Nope, stands for Midnighter. I'm awesome." And then a bunch of terrorists break in. And they, <laughs> they they have they have rage guns, and as they get mad, they shoot madness out of the gun, and it kills people. I, find I, that awesome. I thought it was it, the gun affects you, and when you get mad, it kills yeah, you die. You, you get so mad, you die. I think that's, yeah, awesome. I think that's so funny. <laughs> it slides weapon. It's, it, this is like, but like the whole. I think like the tone slides immune to this. Like I, like I think you have to uh, be in for the tone of this, and this tone is very. It's like a nice, interesting, funny blend of. When it's all, when it's anything related to superheroes, it's all over the top, all ridiculous. Yeah. But then you have these weird, like, uh, somber character moments, and I think that blend is really yeah. amusing for me. I also really like the way they handle his relationships. But yeah, me too. We'll get to that as we go through it. So he shows up, and he, <laughs> so Midnighter now gets in costume. And he's like, I won the moment you spoke out of your sphincter of a mouth and beat the shit out of all the terrorists. And this is and when they, we... uh, Ryan used that line to uh, like hype this book for us. <laughs> and I will say, uh, this book is significantly less edgelord than I thought it would be. Like, there's a lot yeah. of gu- guts and stuff like that. But like, I was expecting like Garf and this uh, like uh, the boy shit where yeah. the dogs get raped yeah. and stuff like that. But I, I think this is. This <laughs> I is, forgot about that. This, this is like this is more like the tone I, I like where. Like, it's more like seeing a guy be like, I'm oh, fuck you, I'm gonna kick your ass, but it's not like over excessively, like, hey, here's a truck full of babies getting murdered, yeah. like that. Yeah, like, it's, it's, he's only over the top when he's Midnighter. In his normal life, like, he's he's kind of down to earth. Like, it feels a lot more like a normal comic. And that's what I liked about with, it. On a date. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the tone I was talking about, like, where yeah. you have these weird, somber character moments, but then when it's Midnighter, it's super over the top. The villains are over the top, the fight scenes are over the top. There's nothing subtle when it gets to the action scenes. Yeah, so during this action scene, he saves this white-haired guy that was being held hostage, and they, do they, like, exchange phone numbers or something? But they, the next issue they say, like, oh, thanks for my life, now I'm dating you. Yeah. His name is Matt. <laughs> yeah, so, and then it, it's, it cuts to Midnighter at a, at a pool hall, like, hanging out with some biker-looking guy named Tony, and he's talking about his ex, Apollo, who's a super, Superman analog. But and, they, don't, they don't ever tell you who Apollo is. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, uh, I guess he's another superhero, I, just by the name. And, and then when later on he shows up looking like the sun, I was like, 
I guess that's Apollo because you know Apollo brings yeah. the sun around. Yeah, it's one of the hardest things about like reading these comics when, at least for like me and Phil jumping in completely. Well, Sly was completely new too, and Ryan, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> but it, we don't know like who's a recurrent character, who is yeah. new, what we're supposed to know beforehand. And especially, this is the new Fifty Two Midnighter book. This is supposed to be your first yeah. exposure. To I was gonna it. say this, that is a significant flaw, and this could be avoidable because like this, this is actually. The premise of this, of this issue is actually, I think, a perfect uh, setup for this lore because the Guard Garden, like the Guard Garden ship being stolen, is a good way to introduce what the Guard Garden is, yeah. what all this stuff is. But they, they, they neglectfully ignore yeah. introducing you to this stuff properly. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. So the the backstory is basically Midnighter. Apparently, this is what they they reveal with his breakup scene with Apollo. Is Midnighter told him he had, like, an identity and a secret identity, and his name was Lucas, and that was just made up so he could seem like a normal person, and really, he's just Midnighter, he doesn't know anything about his history, like, kind of like that that Wolverine trope, and he is so dark and edgy that he's like, Apollo deserves better than me, I can't be with you, you deserve yeah. someone who's a whole person and not just, like, crazy gay Batman. I'm too much of an edgelord. You yeah, pretty much, yeah, me. but I actually think this breakup scene is, is really well handled. I, 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 it's told throughout the seven issues, like this whole process of it. But I like, it, like I said, these are more summer moments where he's just like, I have to win every fight, and I, and I don't want to fight with you, Apollo. And they have it's just like nice moments, uh, being scattered throughout them, showing how eventually they fall apart. Eventually, Midnighter breaks it off because he's like, I, I can't date like this. When I was reading this, this is where I was like splitting on the book because I wanted more of those scenes, but yeah. without the stupid like. It's much as you guys make fun of me for Nemesis. Nemesis is dumb all the way through. It yeah. never yeah. tries to be serious. It never tries to like speak to you about the problems of being a gay man or what it's like to like lose someone and trying to replace them with other people and all that stuff or like being obsessed. It's just like here's a bomb in a womb, and but, I knew you were gonna. But that's that what I find in interesting about it because we've had so many of these like super edge lordy like look at how dark this is look at how dark this is but this i feel like does the mix well that's why i like the boys better than nemesis because the boys is less pure bad like daryl recommends it because it's so bad <laughs> but like the boys um uh, the moments where it highlights like this guy's a good writer garth Ennis, when it shows the main character grieving and stuff like and that. And all that bloody death. semen and stuff, you know? Good, good yeah, stuff. all that stuff. <laughs> oh, like, my God. But but there's moments where you can tell Garth Fennis is a good writer. He's not just like Mark Millar, where he can't even understand like, how human beings fucking work. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That <laughs> is that, true. That's the thing. It just makes me more disappointed in them. It's like, just write a, like more of a normal story. You don't need to code it. I guess, like, if you're trying to market it to edgelords and stuff, maybe <laughs> yeah. you do need to code it. Like, again, this is, this is Capitalism's fault. Like, Phil loves Capitalism so much, but Capitalism... <laughs> Crazy edge so I market. save that for oops. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> politics. This is another scene that I really like, where Midnighter is now showing Jason around the world with his dimensional doors, and he keeps taking him to places that Apollo took him to, and he's like, this is the only culture I know. Like, I'm not a person. Everything I know that's humanizing is from my ex-boyfriend. And Jason's like, okay, let's make these our moments instead. Like, stop telling me about him. Let's, like, let's kind of like what does he say like bogart these moments or something where he's like now they're us we're kidnapping these memories from your ex and making them like new and i'm like that's that's a cool thing i can really relate to where like when you show somebody in your relationship like something that an ex introduced you to it's always weird when you're like they're like oh how do you know this you're like oh i don't you know i just found it (laughs) 
Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and I like that a lot. And then it gets weird in Superhero, where he injects him with this tracking device. Uh. And basically, it's it's part of the God Garden's, like, magic tech, where he's like, I can't track you. It's just because I'm a superhero with a lot of enemies, it, you can just, like, press your neck or something, and it will call me. And he's like, that's coming on really, really strongly. And he's like, I don't care. I'm Midnighter. And yeah. then uh, the gardener apparently survived the airlock, calls him, and says, uh, I actually lied when I said I destroyed your destroyed your whole life. A guy broke in and stole your whole origin story. What are you going to do about it? And that's the end of the setup issue. I I, I wish that it, it really, like, I know you guys are saying it's, it's nice that it can be over-the-top action and then switch to somber moments, but, like, it, it seems like such a different story and different character so much. Like, how how does his supercomputer brain not affect his personal relationships at all? Like, well, it how does, because he, he keeps, like... No, for, it, uh, it, how could you... If you can see every scenario play out a thousand ways, like, how does it not fuck you up when you're trying to well, talk to Well, that's actually part of, the theme, part of the theme of the story, is that he uh, starts turning that part off for his relationships, and that's what causes him to get fucked up. And he says, like... I opened myself up for relationships and tried to turn off that aspect of myself, and it, got, it fucked me over. Okay. All right. That's, that's actually true. Yeah, and also yeah. we do see a lot of him as, like, trying to... The whole point is he is trying to reconcile this, where he left Apollo because he was like, I'm just a super edgelord. I don't know how to be a human being. And this is him trying and failing a lot, where he's just like, oh, I'm putting GPS trackers in you now. And the guy's like, that, I'm not ready for that. I mean, to Phil's point, they actually they don't go into it too much. Like, it's more just implied. It's like, oh, you know, say, I turn off, but we don't know, like, to what degree it yeah. turns off. Like, there's a more interesting, like, mechanical aspect of this, of him being a person. Like, how do you act as a person when you can see the future, like, all possible futures? They, I but feel like it, that, it, that psychologically wants... has to be different than just, like... Yeah. Keep in mind, this book is volume one of three. Just one thing to keep in mind, that they do address this these do get more fleshed out as the series goes on and he comes to more terms about his relationships but just just is, yeah. is steve orlando still the writer yes okay then i don't trust you because <laughs> <laughs> okay. while i was reading this one of my biggest problems with this writing is he's 100 seems like someone that just sat down in like middle school and ignored the lesson the teacher was giving and just wrote down quips because everyone in this book is quippy and they I think all that's like fair. talk the same they all talk talk in his whatever his written language is where it's just like everything's sentence fragments of just like short phrase period short phrase period and like it really bothers me when everyone talks this, like the same way it's like that was my problem with mark millar when he has like a little five-year-old girl saying go suck a bag of shit <laughs> <laughs> come on i think that's fair i think that's fair all right so moving yeah. to uh, part two uh issue two uh, there's a, there's a uh, event where a woman's husband dies from a rare food allergy. Somebody gives her a gift from the God oh, Garden. I, I just before this, all it says is like it shows it has the panel of like her and her husband together. It says Oakland, and then after it's her crying, it says after death in the family. And I don't know what happened in a death of the family, so I'm just like, I, I kind of like I, I, I like the transition. I know uh, you're gonna say it's not clear, or whatever. I think it's cool to have. One, one panel, her husband's just a casual fucking mundane scene of her husband drinking milk out of the car or something like that while she's at, at, at the fridge or something like that. Next panel is her in her black garb without her husband in the panel. 
uh, morning and just says after death in the family. I, I picked it up right away. Oh, no, yeah, it's not you referencing also. the Batman story. Oh, okay. Family. It's Sorry, saying I'm like just, I'm in comic mode where I assume there's it's related to no, other no. Things. I, I think they they it's just supposed to be someone dies and then they yeah, tell you yeah. right after like and it's not just a food allergy. It's a food allergy that the company knew about but didn't think it was cost effective to recall. Yeah, they yeah. thought yeah, it that was, makes more sense. Yeah. And so she gets this... Uh, Daryl knows too much about comics now. We're through the looking glass. <laughs> I think I get a reference to something else. Like This is actually Konnichiwa Kosko, the human bullet who can fly a million miles a second, something like that. Uh, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this woman she gets this gift from the God Garden, and now this is she, my this is my favorite gift from the God Garden. Me too. Garden. I think it's fucking bad. It's so fucking cool. It's uh, lets you perform. It's like this thing that wraps. It looks like Cthulhu like creature wrapping around your neck, and makes you perform the six ki- killing sounds, and you just makes sounds and kills people. And it, this action scene is actually my favorite in the the stories we read. Mine too. It's like it's her going from room to room, and like as people try and stop her, you just see like a Chinese character on the, a part of their body, and they die, and she's just going through like. Using these killing sounds, like murdering everyone. Yeah, everyone. And this actually is, isn't Aiko doing the pencils on this one, so I guess mm-hmm. what I said. Yeah, I was saying this one, like there's there's one or two artists that I think are weaker, but I think uh, it's not as disparate. Where it's not Aiko, it's not good at all. I think. Okay. But uh, so she kills everyone. Like she kills the janitor. She kills people. She's going to the company that killed her husband. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the, the people in the building who says, "I don't even work here." She kills them anyway. And uh, she beats Midnight of these. Midnight shows up and she beats some of the killing uh, noises. But then he punches his ears until they bleed, so he can't hear anymore. <laughs> Which so... I think is cool. That's like that's that's the kind of like over the top. Like I'm badass. I'm gonna fucking cut off my ears just so you can't hurt me. Your fucking sound powers anymore. I like that. And so then he beats the shit out of her as she's about to kill the board members of the company. And they're like, oh, thank you, Midnighter. And he's like, fuck you. And he breaks all their arms. And tells them, like, you, you will publicly apologize for it. That's all people caused by your product. And you will seek a minimum sentence for this woman. And you will fucking pay for everyone's health care for everyone who got fucking injured. I like that he still sends her to jail. Yeah. But he's like, no, but also fuck you guys. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah she, was, she, she murdered people. But you know what? Fuck you by guys on your way. Like, because he, he, he shows up and says, you can't be killing innocents. But these people do deserve to get their asses kicked. <laughs> yeah. So um, you have to go to jail for what you did, but you guys need to pay the price yeah. for what you did. You have to have your arm broken a little bit. Yeah. And uh, one thing to know about this whole story is it jumps back and forth in the time a few times. And like a lot of this story is half told in the future. Midnight is telling it to Matt, the gay guy he rescued before. And uh, they get hassled. They're in Moscow and they get hassled by a bunch of uh, gay bashers because it's Moscow. And... Um, uh, so and then we jump again. I say it's because they jump ahead again and reveal that he's ca- talking to him in, in her cell. In her cell, as he's about to get into a fight with a group of guys. Uh, that's one guy called Multiplex who can. He's multiply talking himself. to the girl that could make the killing sounds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he talks to her for the rest of the series. So uh, for what we read, yeah, but just like, she's in jail and he's just like, yeah, I'm kicking some guy's ass. How's it going in jail? Yeah. But, but, but like Ryan said, he's he's talking to people on the phone while he's kicking people's asses. So he's talking to the phone while he's about to fight Multiplex. And then we jump back in time and see where this fight multiplex started for issue three. Yeah, so the thing that I really like about this is we see at the end of issue two, the setup is we just see the his conversation with her. And then issue three starts with the same conversation, but it's now we see what multiplex is saying. And he's yeah. like, pay attention to me. And he's like, oh, I fuck you. And mm-hmm. then he says, oh, I guess I do know when my birthday is because he gets to fight infinite clones. He's such an edgelord sometimes. <laughs> it, like when he walks in, he's like he's surrounded by a thousand guys and he's like, I'm having a good day now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, basically in, in issue three, they flash back that he met a woman about her missing daughter and he's going to go find the daughter. 
he beats up a bunch of kidnappers and traffickers, and he, he finds an old man that's trying to transfer his life, the like sap the the youngsters like life force into him. Yeah, there's like a specific like life like thing that you can that they've learned how to separate from the body. Yeah, the and God that's Garden. that's from the God Garden. Yeah. So he uh, he like tortures the guy basically and says like, "Who gave you the de aging device?" And he and then he kills him. Does the guy tell him? He calls him. Uh, yeah, it's a guy called Noyaka. Yeah, he, yeah. He gives it. He gives. <laughs> yeah, he gives him a, a Russian name, and they mention him as the Moscow mongrel. Yeah. And then we all, we see Matt uh, and Midnighter start. Their relationship is getting closer now. Yeah, like they have like tender moments on their rooftop and stuff like that, and talk about his inability to connect with people and shit like that. Yeah, and now at this point, he uh, Midnighter like breaks into uh, he breaks into a, a spy mission and kidnaps Dick Grayson, who we mentioned earlier is now a super secret agent, and he basically kidnaps him and he says, "You have to help me with this Moscow mission now." And, and here's what, another problem with uh, this book I have is uh, like they didn't explain a lot of. Uh, stuff properly, and they don't. I don't feel like they explain that like, this is Dick Grayson, the original Robin, at all. Like they just hint at it. Like why don't you just say like if you're trying because they, they use it as a high way to hype the book, saying, "Well, now Midnight is with Grayson," but they never say who the fuck Grayson is yeah. to like the readers. The thing that I think the thing with Steve Orlando is I've actually really come around to him after I found him pretty like mediocre. But I you could tell that he's a new comic writer because I think he writes a good story and I think he writes good characters, but he does not know how to juggle continuity. Yeah. And that's something His that dialogue, like when when Midnighter's about to kill that big businessman, all the businessman says to him is, "I can't die in a monument to public transit because they're underground." I like and then he one. says, "Please just leave my face for the internet, my grandchildren." <laughs> I think that's funny. Me too. Oh, and, he, oh. and when he does that, he bla- he shoots him in the face, so it's all fucked up. And he's like, yeah. and "What does he say? Your grandchildren know you're a p- you're a prick anyway." Yeah, uh, it's just it's, it's too much. Yeah, it's just. Too I can dumb. see finding it too much, but I thought it was fun. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, it's all, it's all about like your perspective because you can say it's too much, but it's obviously going for too much. And you can no, s- but if it stayed too much, then I'd be like, I'd excuse this because you're an idiot, and this is just a book for idiots. Like, <laughs> but, but my, my opinion is, your opinion is like, oh, you have to be stupid all the way. My opinion is, you could be have stupid fun and tell good character moments. I'm totally on Sly's side on this. I... No, I, can't, I can't, not in the same book. You can do it in two different books. No, but this uh, is just too much both one way or the other. I think you can do both, but I don't feel like the over-the-top stuff is is fun enough. Like, like over-the-top Mad Max is fun. Like, Mad Max Fury Road, yeah. that's fun. This yeah. These scenes were not that fun to me in that way. Like, Mad Max Fury Road is a good example of having the crazy over-the-top got stuff and then actual some character development in, in between. Well, Mad Max is different because it's all about how the world is crazy and then it's like these people trying to cope in a crazy world where it this is like the crazy superhero stuff and then it goes to a regular life and how that, nem- how a nemesis, how Midnight <laughs> tries to fit into that regular life. So I think that that yeah, cannot... I, I find it sense. really interesting. But I think it's a matter of opinion at the end of the day. So. Yeah. Yeah. Right, well, your opinion's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what happens next? All right, so issue four opens with these uh, Russian party goers that go to this place. Like one of them's like, uh, "What did I tell you? We are connected here. Just go in here." And they, like the other guys, like this place is a shithole. 
And then they walk up to this old woman and he says, uh, what is stupid word? Build your knock. And then a door opens and this guy says, welcome travelers to the end of Guare Grando. And apparently in this place, people go in there and they just stab vampires with stakes. <laughs> it's kind of like hostile with vampires where a bunch of rich people want to see how it's like to kill something and feel big about themselves. So they tie up somebody helplessly and they, in this case, they turn him into a vampire and tie him up and starve him and then they kill him. Like they let bros, like rich bros kill them. Yeah. Yeah, and all the vampires are like, please, I've been here for weeks. And then they just, like, stab him. They're like, awesome, this is what heroes do. How do you not love this? This is awesome. Uh, yeah, I like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I this is, this. this is where I was like, this is such a dumb comic book thing. It's like, let's go kill vampires because we're like, cool It was like, my blue guys. friends, I don't like this criticism of them. They're, 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 they're the least should be respected. Right, <laughs> Phil? Why do you, since when did I become this fucking businessman because you're, you're always like i need to defend capitalism okay so, i defend capitalism because you're always like this, guys, this is the wrong it's, show it's the worst economic <laughs> system ever but i'm gonna go read comics and and use my mic which all are a product of a capitalist society it's like i know but i, I know you keep doing it so then i started doing the anti you love yeah. capitalism so much yes. so now i just do it as a running joke that um, you're excuse me your microphone phil i believe that it was bought to you it was bought for you by a liberal elite named ryan yeah. that's definitely true but i'm saying that sly <laughs> is complaining true. Slice complaining, but all the stuff we use on a daily basis is a product of a capitalist system. I, yeah, but then people bitch about communism, but a lot, of our, a lot of our shit was... Guys, save this for oops! Can we get back to murdering okay, yeah. vampires yes. in Guerre like, Grando? You better not edit this out, you fucker. I don't think it's cool that my bourgeois friends are stabbing, <laughs> are stabbing vampires. <laughs> they, should, they should donate their money to charity, like good... Uh, Rockefellers. Good Russians? Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so it's Midnighter and Grayson together, and Midnighter's being all sarcastic to him, and they go in to see these uh, Russian guys, because they're trying to find Kekovich, I think his name is. Yeah, I think that was it. And uh, they're sitting in a spa, and Midnighter and Grayson walk in, and they're all super buff and hot, and then uh, Midnighter just beats them all up. <laughs> yep. And one thing I realized when I was reading this, like, with Grayson here, I'm like, so the Midnighter universe is connected to, like, the DC universe. And it was crazy for me because it's like, where has this guy been? I specifically thought of Cry for Justice. I'm like, he can teleport anywhere. Why didn't he teleport into the place where Prometheus was fighting the well, Justice League? Well, Cry for Justice before the DC reboot. When this, they, this they rebooted reboot. it, they folded in these characters. Yeah. They were not around. Like, you oh. remember on the question episode when we talked about how it was a separate company until Christ on Infinite Earths folded everyone in? Yeah, yeah but the then 80s? then it's like a weird, still, that's like a weird canonical thing of like, when did Midnighter appear or anything? Yeah, the DC reboot was an editorial mess and nobody, they still don't understand anything. That's yeah, why like, I, I, so, yeah. I always argue with Ryan about this. Like, Ryan agrees for the most part, but he says, like, you should, I like these continuity, I should keep this. My opinion is you should, even though there's good stories that are part of your continuity, Fucking scrap it all. Start over full fresh. Yeah, either gets... keep it or scrap it all. I'm yeah. on. Sly has totally convinced me of this. Do you know what I, I just this past week was watching Wonder Woman? I couldn't stop thinking of Flashpoint and how like she genocided whatever. And, and <laughs> oh I yeah. Was just like, I just couldn't. That, that that like that made me think of all the DC characters in such a shittier way. Yeah. All because and it's all because the fucking uh, Flash's mom died and that made Wonder Woman <laughs> turn into a fucking monster. Yeah. Uh, not uh, just that. It's because Diana and Aquaman got a divorce and he had to kill everyone oh, yeah, in the world that, over it. Oh fuck. <laughs> fuck DC. Anyway. Uh, Dick and Midnighter beat all these guys up, and they find out where this place is. And there, you learn that, um, like the the leader of this the the vampire place finds homeless people on the street that need help, and he turns them into vampires because he is a vampire. Yeah. Yep. Oh, one thing I want to point out about the Grayson Midnighter dynamic: this is done, I think, better in Grayson, but 
they have this really interesting dynamic where Dick Grayson doesn't want him to kill anybody, and Midnighter wants to kill everybody. And also, Grayson is very, like, reserved and trying, like, to be, like, the super respectable, like, like in-control spy. And Midnighter is not only killing everybody, but also constantly hitting on him. Yeah, I, th I think that one of the weakest, one of the, another weak part of this book is I don't feel like justify Grayson's appearance here at all. It just feels like a, a mandatory tie. Well, I think the reason why it's there is because Midnighter was introduced in Grayson, and this book is kind of like a spinoff of. Yeah, Grayson. yeah, I, I, and that's that's. I totally agree with you that it's shoehorned and hurts the book. And that is a flaw of this book because uh, a lot of times uh, that's a, that's a part of crossovers. Uh, a, lot, a lot of times you see this with like with Chris Claremont's X Men when, he, when he's forced to cross over with a much shittier book. You read one half and it's super shitty, and the other—and this is not super shitty, but it's still—it's one half is doing the team up better than the other half is doing. And, yeah, and, I do think, and even though it's not a direct crossover, they're obviously very related, and I think the Grayson issues are just better. Yeah, I also—I think it's going back to like the narrative of this story. It's weird for Dick to be like uh, to have a no killing vow, but he like he willingly works with someone who kind of like flamboyantly kills whoever he that wants that's his kind thing. of is part of dick grayson's character though is he follows batman's code to an extent but like when dick grayson was batman and batman's son was robin he robin <laughs> killed people all the time and dick grayson was like hey try not to but like dick okay has yeah, always it makes more sense if it like uh dick's the one that's being like i'm kind of like conflicted about this or in the middle like i could not see batman being like okay with being with midnighter yeah dick, dick is more of a dick is more uh, less of a strict code follower than Batman. yeah he says you shouldn't do it he actually in the early 2000s he let a supervillain get killed because he was like i don't know how to get out of this problem so i just won't save you hmm. and like he's always been more like i support batman's code but like which is funny because he's Robin. He used to be Robin, the fucking guy in green tights, and now he's a more morally conflicted guy. <laughs> yeah, but th that is part of. Yeah, I think that's is. part of Dick Grayson is he's a more realistic and healthy version of Batman's hardline rules. All right, so uh, back to the story. Midnighter and uh, Dick show up at this place, and then they go and talk to the old lady. And this is this is just like this gets me so riled up. Is that Midnighter walks over to her? Because she hasn't said anything, and he says, I won't insult your intelligence. Your husband died, what, 20 years ago? You raised a family on your own, worked full-time, you survived. This is your home. Someone made it into something bad. You refused to leave. We're here to clean out the rats. Like, that he looks at this woman, and he knows her whole backstory, and she <laughs> throws up her hands like, yeah, I guess you're right. My hands are tied. Here you go. No, I think she was like, because he says, like, uh, you hate these people, so why fight me to help protect them? And she, so she lets she throws up her hands because she's doing it because she has no choice. These people invade her house. Yeah, what I'm saying is that Midnighter, he just like, ah, oh, yeah, I know your life story. Like I can look at you and I know you had a husband. But that's that's why I actually like that because maybe you would hate the fucking Sherlock TV show because that's what they do in that too. But I love that kind of character who looks at you and like I see because of your cuff and this and that. You 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 haven't been married. But he didn't say time. he didn't say any of that. He just I didn't said... say any of that, but like I I I I like that. I, it's believable that because his character's like this like already. And it's believable that with a computer brain, he could do it easily. Yeah, so they go in here, and they beat up, like, a bunch of these guards in iron helmets. And then a, the va the main vampire comes in and starts fighting. And then he, Midnight... He's like, he, he's, he's, like, like, supposed to be, like, super powerful the way they just... He's like, I you don't know what I am, and blah, blah, blah. But then he just gets... Yeah, and Midnight realizes, oh, you're a mediocre accurate actor i can see your cellular enhancements you're not a real vampire i've met vampires and you're not half as cool it's just this weird like why is this 
going far enough where they're explaining that these actually aren't vampires. They're like homunculi vampires. Because it shows, it shows the God Garden tech, I think. Yeah, God Garden tech. Yeah. Every mission that they go to is all God Garden tech. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, it's just like a weird... Like, where they're like, you're not actually vampires. You're Martian vampires. Anyway, Midnighter uses his that palm of his hand and just cuts this guy's head in half. Which I think is cool. Yeah, he's like, what? I was out of stakes when Robin confronts him. That, that reminds me of, like, fucking something out of... What's that show where he punches somebody and they're like, you're already dead? Where, Fist, like, Fist of the North Star. Yeah, and he, yeah. he would do stuff like that where he claws somebody and his claws would, like, tear to his skin like it's a fucking laser. <laughs> yeah. I think that's cool. And then him and uh, Dick have a drink. And then it, it's shown that the, um, there's an... Uh, yeah, that's a Kajkovich. That he's... He knows what Midnighter's doing, and he's like, you know, this is what we should be making instead of vampires. Yeah. He's like, all according to Kaiku, I'm trying to lure him here. And also, yep. uh, what's interesting, too, in a very nemesis fashion, the <laughs> these vampires that they saved, the starved ones, their genes are rigged to explode them whenever you try to analyze them. Yeah. So so Dick Grayson's like, I can reverse engineer them and save them. And then once you go to analyze their DNA, they just combust. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I, I could buy that though because it is God Garden. It's supposed to be like this overpowered, like the, yeah. basically like the dragon's gold, like yeah, magical. It's not just some guy that knows everything. Like the premise of this is he's right. from a super so you can buy it because it's essentially science magic. Yeah, no, but it's like, but it's like supposed to be like this technology is so advanced, like it's basically magic. And right. The like, nemesis problem is that it, a single human being is able to outplan everyone, where this is actually like magic tech. But I think yeah. that's funnier. <laughs> It's, it's funnier, but it's not <laughs> Then a man cool. can plan 10 years in advance how to fight someone. <laughs> oh, I'll admit Nemesis is fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, like, we right. all, we all, no, the problem is Nemesis isn't that it's fucking hilarious. It's problem is that it's shitty, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, all right. So we go to this next issue, issue five. Um, we have some scenes throughout this issue, by the way, of him and Matt um, doing normal relationship things, going on jogs, uh, etc. Then we cut to him in Russia again, trying to find Akakovich. And Akakovich is like... I'm gonna lure him here by obviously leaving a. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna allow his teleportation door to work in my complex. So by the fact that he can't teleport in here, he's gonna know I'm here. Type yeah. thing. So he's like going into a trap. I'm. This is fun. And, and he's bringing Dick with him, and then he decides for funsies <laughs> to handcuff Dick to him. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> no, it's it's stupid. It's it's so. <laughs> it is stupid, but this is the only. Way, I, I feel like this is the best. This is the best. The closest they've come to justifying Grayson's appearance here, where he's just not just amusing himself with all these restrictions Grayson's putting on himself, and this is like the final restriction. It's, it is stupid, but like this is the closest they come to justifying why yeah, Grayson's here. Watching this, it's it didn't just... make any sense why he needed him here in the first place. Like, why? What does Dick give him that like he needs to beat these guys? Because he can he beat thinks anyone. It's funny. Yeah, that's it's, the thing. It's, it's, it's literally it. it. He thinks it's funny yeah. to mess with him. Uh... So they so go yeah, into this... he handcuffs them, and it reminded me of uh, in Sonic Adventure Two when Eggman gives Rouge the bat. I mean, Rouge the government spy. Like eight <laughs> spoilers. Minutes. I only need I only need five minutes, and it, and then it's like you you the player only have five minutes. So yeah, you're like this is gonna be tough. And he's like, don't worry, we'll handcuff each other. <laughs> um. So but then they... they fight bears. How awesome well, is that? Well, this this actually was a cool fight scene to me because as Midnighter says, they're, as they're going through this train, they're fighting all this this guard garden tech and. It's, in his words, weaponized folklore. So it's like the God Garden tech was able to create harpies and giant eagles and bears and werewolves and zombies and, like, basically a, a, a vast variety of folktale fantasy 
monsters. I kind of wish all like seven issues were dedicated to like around this premise because that's an interesting idea. Yeah. The, I mean the 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 seven the six killing sounds thing was cool for that reason too, where it's like this yeah. is like this is a, a a fantasy trope and a folk trope, and like it would be cool if they did more of this because I thought this. Even though the fight itself was kind of lame, it's just it shows Midnighter and Dick kicking I mean, harpies in the face. And most then... of this book is that because there's the sound stuff, then there's the vampires, then there's the like werewolves and stuff. Like that's half of the book. Uh, but I, I think uh, Phil and Daryl want this to be fleshed out more. Oh no, I agree. I but agree. I but I actually like the fact that it's so casual of just dropping his guy guard and stuff. Just these premises, like oh here's a fucking cool premise because like it's just showing all these different things a guy guard can do. It's like just. Uh, you, just using this as an excuse to showcase casually these crazy fucking cool inventions. Yeah. Uh, so they kill all these really cool folklore characters. Midnighter brought a sword with him that he uses. He's like, I knew I was going to need this. Stabs the thing. Uh, it's like, it can only be killed with a spear. I'm going to be the spear. And throws himself through it or whatever. Uh, and then they, again, like Daryl was saying, with everyone being so sarcastic and asshole, as they explode their way in and throw knives at everyone, uh... Akekovich is on the phone. He's like, excuse me, I'm on the phone. Uh, you know, like, as if he's... Yeah, he like, says so... one moment as he's uh, yeah. holding up his finger to them. <laughs> like, like he's so fucking cool. Uh, another <laughs> fucking Angel Lord over here. And then... <laughs> um, and he's like, actually, I have telekinesis. Uh, it's a God-guarding gift. And he... Oh, fuck this comic. He throws them... <laughs> he throws them through the ceiling. And Midnighter's like, I knew he was gonna throw us through this. And I planned this. So the... The thing he threw us through was his teleport jammer. So then Akekovich is like, aha, I won. And Midnighter teleports right behind him and basically kicks him in the face. Um, and then basically kicks the shit out of him. And oh, like, yeah. not just that. This is, again, this is such like a Midnighter planned out everything. He throws a, like, a glass shard at him. And Dick comes down the hole that he came through. And he throws one of his batons at him and says to him, no killing. And it shatters the glass shard so that it splinters and it lands in his back and paralyzes him, just as Midnighter intended. <laughs> yeah, all according to Kikaiku. And but then and... this is the best part because while he's while uh, the the guy is laying on the floor, he's just like, "Huh, your princess is in another castle." <laughs> also, uh, I do. It does lead to a good character moment where uh, Midnighter says, "Just course, Kikaiku," but he says like. Uh, like I, I know, like I, uh, uh, I'm not. I know you're fucking cool. I'm gonna f- follow it. Uh, I wouldn't have brought you if, it, if I didn't. And Dick Grayson's like, you're fucking crazy, but I, I can respect you a little bit more. So they come at the end, respect each other a little bit more, even though it's bullshit haiku stuff. Yeah. And then um, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just another middleman. I didn't steal the God Garden tech. It's someone else. Um, and then the the issue ends with. Midnighter and Matt at home for Thanksgiving dinner, and uh, supposed to be another character moment here where Midnighter's like, I've never had Thanksgiving before, this is really nice. And then it ends with uh, a crosshair on their heads and multiplex from a helicopter with this big gun. <laughs> and and yeah. it ends there. So and is it... multiplex DC's multiple man? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I've never before. <laughs> where he's <laughs> never actually dead because he cloned himself earlier yeah. before the fight. I think he's. Yeah, I, he's like a Z Z Z lister. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this this is actually my favorite scene in the whole action scene in the whole comic. Um, so uh, Midnighter dodges all the bullets from Multiplex as he shoots, and then he uh, basically he basically jumps out the window. He throws something at multi- Multiplex and fucking uh, kills the sniper one. The sniper gets forced out of the helicopter, and you know he has a line to prevent him uh, help him when he's falling out of the helicopter. So basically. Uh, uh, ne- uh, nemesis Midnighter perfectly <laughs> times this uh, this 
uh, throw this this knife throwing at Multiplex. So uh, he throws it. Uh, Multiplex falls out of the helicopter. He and uh, he arced his jumps perfectly. Land on the the falling Multiplex. And then he uses that, the multiplex line to climb up to the helicopter to kill the rest of them. I think that's cool. It's like the those like Mario Maker levels where you exactly. have, to, you have yeah. to bounce the shell off someone, bounce off the shell, bounce, like, and he does that perfectly. To go yeah. to one of Daryl's points though about all the quips is he does he does say when they're getting fired down. He's like, oh, this seems like an unconventional Thanksgiving. And Matt, Matt, while he's getting fired upon by snipers, says, usually it's food comas, not actual. Yeah, yeah. we're yeah. like this casual non-superhero guide. Just feel like, oh, you know. That is true, that is true, that is a flaw. But, uh, so Multiplex brags about how you, you keep killing ghosts, but you'll never kill a saw. It's Multiplex's power. And Midnighter says, I know. That's why you're my favorite. <laughs> yep. Nothing oh, like God. a good vendetta, he says, as the, he lands the helicopter Multiplex yeah. was in. I love so, that. So, I love is, is Multiple Man and maybe by extension Multiplex, are all the clones like separate sentient entities? Like, are, is he killing all these people? That are just identical. Yeah, it, well, I guarantee multiplex has never been explored that way, but the multiple man has been explored really, really well that way. Multiple man explains like like when he makes multiple himself, it's a different part of his psyche. So sometimes he multiplies himself, and it turns out like it's, it's the type of the part of him that self that loves chaos and stuff like that, or it's the type of him that's more anxious. So he's not willing hmm. to do with, or even because he's a little like he is bisexual. So like sometimes he'll have one that's just like gay. Yeah, and people are like. What? And he's like, I guess that's a part of my personality that I've really repressed. Huh. Multiplex does seem that like the other ones say like for the love of <laughs> and damn it, so they do seem to show emotion. So they are kind of their own people. So he's just, just murdering all his people. <laughs> yep, genocide of one I mean, man. Midnighter has been murdering yeah. people this whole time. <laughs> yeah, he does. And actually, we we didn't say this earlier, but they do like the Mortal Kombat ten style where every time he's hitting someone. It, it does an x-ray shot of their yeah. bones being crushed. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's brutal. <laughs> yeah. And so um, so they find out in the news that somebody has beaten up Mad's dad in his fucking Well, actually, town. there is one small scene that I really want to mention. Yeah. There is the a gorilla. Page. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, there is a page that the left of it is three panels that are, like, them hiking together. And him, like, and Midnight are, like, meeting all of Matt's friends. And them, like, camping together. And on the right of the page is all, like, missions of him tracking down, like, the gardener, the god garden tech. And, like, I really like that juxtaposition. I think it's really... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, uh, Matt's dad got beaten up. And so they go to Matt's hometown. And he and got was... beaten up because he's dating Midnight. Yeah. Right, so they're trying to get to Midnighter this way. Yeah, yeah. so the news got out that they're da- Matt and Midnight are dating. And, uh... So, uh, when they go to that town, Midnighter starts, like, everything is so perfect there. Like, he's is unable to predict what happens next. And they have this cool scene where... Oh, this also is where he reveals that... Midnighter reveals his apartment is grown from undifferentiated oh. urban cells. So, they're, like, stem cells for furniture? Yeah, yeah really. And, and when it gets blown up, he's like, we gotta let the cultures, like, you know, make a new apartment in a few days. Like, I, I, I like that idea. Um, fuck you. So, so much... <laughs> oh. You guys, like, have hate this fucking... These it's fucking just, like, that so occurs much. right before it gets to a scene with, like, Matt meeting his dad, and later on how the dad explains that when Matt came out to him, he didn't understand... But he was most concerned about how other people would perceive Matt and how they'd treat him. And it's like, that's really like a nice, touching little moment where Midnighter's learning about his boyfriend more. And it's right before, like, oh, you know, my apartment, like, grows itself. I think that's cool. Uh, I, I like uh. that, that reminds me, that in Stormwatch, that the book that I mentioned that Midnighter was part of, 
they had a guy who had the power to talk to cities, and that's how he. Oh that was, I think that's so fucking cool. That that's that just such a weird power. I think I, I I love stuff like this. I love urban culture. It's a real like Warren Ellis, Grant Morrison. Yeah, kind like of if thing. you if you guys hate this, you probably hate Warren Ellis. It's considered one of the best uh, comic writers of all time. So speaking of Grant Morrison, when we meet his dad, his name is Grant. Oh, it is. Oh yeah, I didn't catch that. I think that's an on purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, uh, like I said, Midnight I can't predict what's going on here. And they have a cool scene where the show Midnight is uh, a predictable vision, but it's all static now. Like, he can't predict what's going to happen now. Mm-hmm. And so, Midnight beat some Vikers looking for info about the dad. And later on, uh, they try to run over him with a school bus for in revenge. And, but when Midnighter kills them, they bleed green. And Midnight realizes, like, these are garden creations. Like, this is like a s- weird skin creation bullshit thing. And then he really thinks, like, <gasps> like, it's one of those scenes in the movies where it's like, as you're doing something, he realizes, oh no, Matt. And he, like, runs home. Yeah, he, he runs home. Them, he calls them industrial homunculi. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes home and he just fucking explodes Matt's dad's head. <laughs> just, yeah, with his palm of his fist. It's funny, too, because it's like, you're taking a pretty big gamble there. When you kill, <laughs> when you kill your boyfriend's dad, like, well, when you like, know everything. As long as I like this, because it reminds me of Fallout, where if you punch the body in, uh, was it rad? And they explode. I, that reminds me of that, so I think it's cool. <laughs> but uh, he reveals that uh, Matt's dad is a fake green man, too. And then it says, like, we're in the middle of this fake green man conspiracy thing. Don't worry, I'll protect you. We'll find out at the bottom of this. And then Matt stabs, as they're racing, Matt stabs him. And as, uh, you know, uh, Niter is on the ground bleeding. Matt uh, gets dressed and reveals his secret identity, and he is Prometheus from Cry for Justice. Oh, oh my God. this is this is where I was like, this is almost worth it. This is I, this is when I, I I I actually, despite all my bitching, I liked the comic until this reveal, and I was like, so, I, I hate this. Really? I think awesome. thing that I find this so ridiculous. Gay First Batman off, versus evil Batman, I think is perfect. Okay, no, it's, it's no, a little it's, more loaded than that, Sly, because in this issue there are scenes of them like showering together. And like super boning down. Yeah, like, I love that Prometheus scenes. bangs Midnighter just to get like. The no, and, and he's been doing this for a while. Like his, yeah. his whole plan was to date Midnighter for weeks, and they've been like explicitly on the page fucking each other. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, I'm gonna date you. No, first I'm gonna set up a situation where you come and save me. Then I'm gonna date you. Then I'm gonna attack you with a series of things that you're gonna be able to overcome, all for no reason because he doesn't need to do all this. And he's gonna fuck him for the next few weeks, and then he's gonna when he <laughs> in his we, don't, room, we don't know their sexual relationship. I don't want to be uh, presumptuous. Okay, but, but either way, being that intimate with someone out of spite is insane. And, yeah, and he when he does his big reveal, he to to beat him, he just stabs him and then just like walks away to get ch- to get changed. When it's like, what kind of what well, kind of he re- reveals in the next issue why he isn't killing him. But the thing that's so funny that you guys don't realize, this is the moment that I was like, we're doing this book for the show. But the the thing that's so funny is this is Prometheus's first appearance in the New 52. He dies. He dies at the end of Cry for Justice. And this is his first appearance since then. I think it's awesome. I really hated this so much. See, I I didn't like so much. I didn't care for Midnighter until this point. I'm like, this is as dumb as I want it to be. I want because I wanted to see these two fight each other because I'm like, well, they can both predict everything everyone does. So who can out predict the other? Yeah. Like if you're going to Midnighter book, this is a perfect villain for it. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay, so it, we get some we get some backstory about Prometheus, and basically, this is so fucking dumb. He his parents are like Bonnie. We've and Clyde. done two episodes yeah. on Cry for Justice at this point. 
His parents were killed by cops, so he became crime Batman. And, yeah. like, literally, he's like, my parents loved me. Justice killed them. I had to destroy justice at its roots. Like, I like that he's specifically targeting justice, just like Cry for Justice. Justice! Yeah, he's like, I have to go kill justice. So he, he becomes, as we've said a million times, evil Batman. He's like, I'm gonna go train with the world's blah blah blah, study languages, uh, blah blah blah. He has uh, the cosmic cheats, key. Uh, and also he cheats, uses computer brain. Uh, his helmet has a computer chips in it that has all data on all the best fighters, Lady Shiva, Batman, and even Midnighter. Yeah, he's like, I actually know everyone's fighting style, so I can't be beaten. So it's like, again, this is the reason I'm like, this is so dumb. Uh, and he and he explains to him that this house, like, uh, I was the one that downloaded the files about who you were as a kid, so this house, I made it from those memories. So all, like, these pictures on the wall are actually you. And uh, he also reveals that he destroyed the original, so the only record of his past is in Prometheus's head. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. Midnighter can't kill him. Yeah. Uh, but, so <laughs> they have this big fight. It's very chaotic, um, including things like ripping off a doorknob off a door, saying, look, we broke the doorknob, but don't worry, I still know how to use a door. Throwing the doorknob <laughs> behind him, opening up a dimensional door to punch him in the back of the head. Now you're thinking of portals. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, they are fighting for a while. Um, Midnighter's not talking, he's not quipping that much. It's Prometheus's turn now to be the edge lord. Yeah, because and... Midnighter is mostly like being like, well, I have to kill you now. Yeah. yeah. And like he's he, like, yeah, he, you can't he, kill me because, uh, you know, you lose your origin. Well, he says, you can't kill me. If you do, the file will be destroyed. Let me live, and I will do worse to others. If I die, you'll never find out who you are. Where are your ideals now? Betray yourself or lose yourself. And you then, this, my, this is a really cool scene when Midnighter says, I know exactly who I am, and just smashes Prometheus' skull. And, okay, I actually think that that idea is really cool. And the page where he smashes his skull is so cool to me, because what he does is... All those, like, camera snapshots of, like, the potential things. When he sla smashes his skull, they're all scenes of him and Matt together that are now cracked, like, cracked screens. Mm -hmm. And he's basically, like, breaking those memories. And the thing that really made me laugh, though, is they do show the panel that was earlier in the book that we didn't mention, where Matt is booping Midnighter on the nose. Oh, yeah. And knowing that that's Prometheus is so <laughs> funny that's, to me. That's, that's one of the things that makes it hard to believe, because the, the, the idea of, like, the, the femme fatale is, like, an old school, like, you, you seduce them to get to them. But it's, it's usually, like, it's you bang them and then steal something that night. Or, like, you don't, like, you don't get... You don't going for the long con? Yeah, like, like he's like, we're gonna be in a long term relationship. <laughs> but but I, kind of like Prometheus, I will believe he'll do that. Like he's over the top enough that this is his fight. Yeah, no, it totally works. Also, like, the it's line, so dumb, but it works with Prometheus. To or Orlando's credit, the line where Midnighter tells him, "I know exactly who I am," is that earlier, like him and Matt were dining on top of the this one roof, and I forget what they say. But Matt tells him, like, not to worry about, like, what he thinks he is or what he's supposed to be. Matt tells him, I know exactly who you are. Like, don't worry that about those cool. things because I know cool. who you are. It's just, so it's, it's a good, like, loop back around it just, to that. It does make a lot of the scenes, like, strange in retrospect, though. Like, even yes, the scene with his dad, with Matt's fake dad, and he's, like, talking about him, his son coming out. It's like, that was yeah, a nice scene at the time, but he was just a homunculi uh, covering for, Nem or for Prometheus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But the thing that I really like about this is 
He does say, I know exactly who I am, and Prometheus is, like, twitching on the ground. And he says, expecting a send-off, you piece of trash? And he won't even look at him. He's like, I won't even, I won't even look back. You don't deserve it. And as the series continues, this actually is followed up on. Like, Midnighter was so emotionally vulnerable when he gave up Apollo that he let himself get set up for this. And, like, it's after... Even though this reveal is super weird... The fallout of this is, I think, really well done, but we're not going to get to that on this episode, so sorry, guys. But you should, listeners should keep reading it. Uh, I also I also hate that uh, Prometheus, well, Midnighter's not looking back at him because he doesn't deserve it. Prometheus uses a cosmic key and teleports away. Yeah. Which, again, is my comic book trope of, like, I just hate when it's, like, last minute the villains yep. move. Especially with someone like Prometheus, I don't know. Because you could just kill him and then have him later on explain, I didn't really die because blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Uh, then the, 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 this story arc ends with him starting to meet another guy, him well, no, talking. first he finds, in the house, he finds a picture of him as a kid. Midnighter right. finds yeah. a picture of a kid Midnighter. And then he goes back, that's not a new guy, it's the guy from the very beginning, the guy he met on Grinder. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right, you're right. And then he's hanging out with him, then he's talking Grindr's to... a real thing, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Then he's talking to Marina, the girl with the sounds in jail, and they make some more quips, like... Uh, she's like, I'm gardening. And he's like, huh, I never liked gardening. You know, God garden. And then Apollo shows up, uh, finds the picture as a gift to him. Yeah, he and left then... the picture of him at in Apollo's... Uh, Midnighter found a picture of himself garden. and the house, and he left a picture of himself in, in the house. Uh, not Apollo's house. Yeah. yeah. And That's it ends with him being like... Uh, I'm never done fighting, he yeah. says, as he's grinning and drinking alcohol. Yep. Oh, boy. That ends it. <laughs> So, Sly, let's let's go. I want to save Sly for last. <laughs> Phil, would you read more of this? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Daryl. No, and I want to preface that even though I thought the Prometheus reveal was really good, the, the fact that they have, they did the same thing throughout all of Midnighter that they did there where it doesn't, ex- like, Prometheus doesn't explain what he's trying to do or Midnighter's not trying to explaining like how they're fighting each other like the kinetics of the battle it's just like them fighting it's like oh midnighter won because of course he did yeah like at at least when prometheus was being bs well prometheus was setting him up where like you have to make a choice and prometheus's arrogance was saying he'll never kill me was that his master plan was to be like i'm gonna lose but you're (laughs) gonna have to let me go no, that can't be. That's so fucking dumb. That no, can't no be. I like, thought what and- Prometheus wanted to do was he was going to steal all the tech, then confront Midnighter, and have Midnighter let him walk away so that he could find out his origin, and then he No, you're forgetting. Steal he steals all the tech, gives it to people, dates Midnighter while he's fighting That's all these true. people. Right, right. <laughs> he dates Midnighter the whole time, and then at the end, he stabs him, lets himself lose so that he can make Prometheus or put put Midnighter in an awkward situation? Like, I'm like, what is this story? Why? Well, this... to be fair, that is a very Prometheus move, because he, remember he uh, did that in Crime for Justice. I know, like, and, yeah, and underestimated I hated it. I hated it then. I hated it then, and I hate it now. I hate But, like, <laughs> I like, as stupid as it was, I like the stuff in Cry for Justice, where he's like, I know specifically how to take down each of these heroes, and he uses that against them. But against Midnighter, he's just like, I'll just fight you in your house. Especially I just because... remember as he, he lost the fight because he wouldn't shut up. Like, Midnighter keeps saying, like, you don't know when to stop talking. He just beats the shit out of him because Midnighter... Yeah, but he him. has Midnighter's and other, and other great fighters, 
like downloaded into his brain, and he has a computer brain. It's just, it's just it, the the canonical Prometheus is just weird because it, he can fight the entire Justice League and beat them while talking to them, but he can't fight one man. Well, Prometheus is also bullshit, and that's not accurate to Prometheus' skill level either. So, uh, keep in mind that this is uh, the new Fifty Two Prometheus. Might oh, that's true. Skill set as before. It's that's, been rebooted. Yep. Sorry. This is what happens <laughs> when I get into canon arguments. No. Yeah. Whatever. It's great. It's anyway. great to keep continuity, guys. But it doesn't. We can always just say, well, the continuity broke at some point, so fuck you. <laughs> I know. What no, I was saying I is, like, think it's, it's silly. The, I agree with you guys. the Prometheus reveal is the high point for me. I think that was so funny and stupid, but I didn't like how the fight was handled. And I, overall, like, the the romantic moments between uh, Midnighter and Matt were nice, but... Uh, they're ruined. They're ruined. Because <laughs> it was it was Prometheus all along. That ruins... That makes it awesome. That, that makes no, that ruins that makes, everything. Makes awesome. <laughs> no, I got a side with Sly that makes oh it awesome. Oh my god. <laughs> It's like, it's like, can you imagine when we were doing some other comic, like Batman and Selena Kyle's... Or like Swamp with, Thing? Oh, yeah, and, and it turns out the whole time, uh, Selena, like, Catwoman was actually the Joker. It's like... That's so funny! <laughs> no, it's... It, okay, it's funny, but it's dumb. I, th- I, I think I think if this was, like, a, a manga where they, they went... Like, to me, it feels like something like the Mahjong comic. No, the Mahjong one never tried to get serious. But, uh, I mean, it, it, never it, did. They, it, never it was did. serious in, like, its own way. Uh, this is what I'll say about me, and this is why I like this book overall. If you gave, like, Daryl hates this idea, fuck you, Sly. Uh, no, you have to be serious or bad or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. My idea is, I like ambition, and if you gave me, a, if you said you have to write a book about edgelords, this is how I'll write it. You, you would make the over-the-top, super-over-the-top, and then you would just write good character moments in between. And so if you guys hate this, you hate my writing on edgelords. Okay, I, I, th- I will say this is my favorite edgelord thing we've done. Okay. Yeah. Like it's better than the boys. It's better than Nemesis. It's better than um, Lobo, Christmas. Oh, oh I forgot. About oh, that. I purged that from my mind. <laughs> this is this is the best Edge Lord thing because it's. Um, it's for the record, Steve Orlando is currently writing uh, the Justice League book with Lobo on the team. Great. I need to check that out. I'm curious. <laughs> I I do agree with Phil that this is probably the most readable Edge Lord. Yeah, for sure. Cool. I actually I. Yeah. Until the Prometheus stuff, I, I I did enjoy a lot of this. I enjoyed the folklore stuff. I enjoyed the six killing sound stuff. The God Garden tech was really cool. The the romantic scenes were well done. But really, like in most cases, I'm willing to overlook some things. But the Prometheus reveal, like now, it colors the rest of the book in a bad way for me. Where like every every nice, touching, intimate scene just became. The supervillain fucking him to spite him. I can't. I can't get over that. I, I do. I do like this. Is a shows a, of what uh, the, the difference between what we all expect from stories like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like uh, if, you, if you're given a topic like this, go with something uh, with good character moments in between, and just go over the top of the action scenes. It's definitely I, not a book that I've read from DC before. Yeah, but Daryl is more like I want to be pure dumb or pure good. And Phil, okay, uh, before you start making a straw man of me, there are certain you things that you said it yourself, like, like, like you have to go one way. So don't say I'm making a straw man. No, of it, it depends on how you execute. Like for instance, I really, really love Gurren Lagann, and that show goes so crazy dumb, but at the same time, it has really nice character yeah, moments. But it right. stays within that universe of like it's about like being dumb and doing what you love and it's like, about being the, it's about the, the, the human spirit. Yeah, and it, and it keeps that theme. that theme throughout. Whereas like Midnighter is like here's like him being snarky and killing people, and then there's him being like. Like opening himself up to other people, yeah. Like, I, they, I like they that just the, don't the, mesh well to me. Between his, and you, you can interpret it any way you want, but for me, that's the division between his. Wait, well, life well, I wanted his... to hear my straw man. What were you gonna talk about me? How did I feel? <laughs> I, was gonna say, I was gonna say you, you, uh, you, uh, you, 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 you're kind of in the same ballpark as me, but you just had a different breakpoint where you're like, this got too ridiculous for me. And oh yeah, the, okay, the, that's fair. Yeah, I, I, I do think you can do it both ways. I, for me though, again, it was like about issue six where I was like. 
Uh, okay, I can't do this. <laughs> I really. But I think I think positions shelve each of our different tastes. Yeah. So you experienced what Midnighter felt when he revealed himself to be Prometheus. You're like, I can't do this relationship. I got I gotta walk away from this. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta punch you through the door with the doorknob because it's, it's funny. It's like. God damn it, to... Ryan. Especially, especially because you're like he won because he was talking, but Midnighter was doing shit like that during the fight. So uh, I is think that this serious? is a great book. <laughs> okay. Whatever. And uh, I think the second volume is even better. What and I can't wait for the third one. Yeah, but Prometheus isn't in it, though. So unless he fights Nemesis, I don't care. <laughs> That'll be a showdown. Do you know when we were when I was reading this, I forgot. I was like, is Nemesis just Prometheus? Like, I forgot if they were the same character or not because they, they are so the they're same. They're exactly the same character. Yeah. I, I forgot if that was... And then I remembered they were different people. Uh, Nemesis yeah. wears white? Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, completely different character, Phil. Okay, so Sly, would you read more of this? I actually would. Yes! We've done so, it. Half and half. Half and yeah. half. So <laughs> that means half coffee, half milk, right, Daryl? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, so, I couldn't resist. It's okay, I deserve it. <laughs> so uh, I hope you guys like this episode. I certainly did. And uh, you should rate and review and subscribe on iTunes. And you should also tell some friends about it because we, you know, we had our Cry for Justice episodes. We have our Nemesis episodes. We have this one. It's like part of and the boys. It's this whole, like, Edgelord saga that we have. I thought that was Edgelord August. Oh, yeah, we'll save that. August for... yet. You're right, yeah. shit. We fucked it up, that Ryan. that was a thing I wanted to do. <laughs> but the reason why we did this now is because the next couple episodes are going to be a little different because Phil has to go do grown-up stuff far away. Yeah. So and... grown-up stuff. <laughs> yeah. So when Very next... adult, if you guys are yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. So for the next couple episodes, it might be a little bit different with some, like, bonus stuff, but we're not... But we'll be back so- eventually with Phil back, what, probably, like, mid-August? Or, or, yeah, early August. Uh, we're, we're, we're coming back the 8th or something. Just in time for Edgelord August! Yes! <laughs> He'll be back just in time for Edgelord August. We'll, we'll end of Edgelord, begin of Edgelord. This is like a, pre- a, re- a preview of Edgelord August. Yeah, so we'll still be uh, doing, like, there'll still be episodes coming out, but they won't be the regular format. And yeah. uh, also, I started a thing that if you tweet at us or write in our Facebook group, Oops, I Talk Divisive Issues, if you give money to progressive causes or candidates and use the hashtag Comics for Causes, I'll send you free comic books. And uh, one other, I also want to plug the Comrade Radio Network. Uh, Classics Mastic is back from break. They're doing a summer of 70s, and in their new episode, they talk a lot about comic books and politics, oh. and then and then they uh, point out that they're not us, and they should go back to talk about movies. <laughs> so you should check that out. The new episode was really good. And that's all I got. You guys have anything else? Nope. Nope. Okay, cool. So thank you so much for listening to Divisive Issues. I've been an industrial homunculi. I'm driving away. We should just save that. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, I've been dating Daryl in order to bring him down. Oh, I was going to be Prometheus. <laughs> I, that's okay. I'll be Midnighter and I'll open a door to your heart and then kick it in. <laughs> Stay in continuity. <laughs>